Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The Morning Huddle with David Hurlbutt. Weekday mornings at 8. This song can only mean one thing. Lori Latimer Volkman is around the quarter. We will talk to her soon. She's the editor of MileHighReport.com. This chat with Lori, this segment, brought to you by my friend Josh Jutton. Josh Jutton. Let's start that again. This segment brought to you by my friend Josh Dutton, Caliber Home Loans. You know, I've talked about him for a couple of years. Uh, Josh is just an absolutely wonderful guy. I've seen him actually help first-time homeowners uh, move into their home. He just loves to be a part of that process and see the joy on their face uh, when they move into their first home, you know, nice young couple or a couple in their 60s, maybe buying their first home. He's there helping them move in. And he's just a great guy. He's the best that he does. He's been, uh, you know, working with uh, lenders for over 20 years. He's working through this crisis, being very, very, you know, he's very, very busy. He was there in 2008 during the housing crisis and got through that. The guy's absolutely top notch. Please reach out to him. My friend, Josh Dutton, Caliber Home Loans. And yes, reach out to my other friend. Read all her articles on milehighreport.com. Lori Latimer Volkman. Good morning, Lori. How you doing? I'm doing well, David. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, making this new hour work and it's 1030 your time. Glad we can still chat. Yeah, well, you get to sleep in then, right? It helps. It helps. Yeah. I mean, when I started this show <laughs> for years ago, I was getting up at 415. And now I get up at 6.15, and that is a huge, huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's actually light coming up outside at yeah. 6.15. No, you're right. When you're driving <laughs> to work at, you know, 4.30 in the morning and it's dark out, it's like, whoa. 
this is a different kind of early. But uh, no, we're so <laughs> blessed to be at this great time slot and glad to still uh, be talking with you. And you did it again as soon as I hit refresh on milehighreport.com. You slid your article over to a smaller one on the right hand side and you gave Joe <laughs> Mahoney the big, uh, you know, the big top I know. left. This well, is getting ridiculous. Had the earlier times, if you'd had the earlier time slot, I still would have been on the front on the front page there you're still on the front but you know when i checked about a half an hour ago you had the top left uh article you know 50 you know 100 larger than everybody else and now you said oh david's about to call i should be a little more subtle and you know <laughs> take the back seat <laughs> no really I'm, I'm thinking he's about to call i need to make sure i've got the whole front page to myself i don't blame you all right let's talk about <laughs> joe mahoney's uh um article uh, Mr. Mahoney writes, what should we expect from Noah Fant in 2020? What does Lori uh, Latimer Volkman expect and hope and desire from Noah Fant 2020? I think, I think like most fans, we, I really, what I expect is for him to basically pick up where he left off, which was quite good. But, you know, he got kind of off to a slow start. Although I don't think that's it's fair to really refer to it as a slow start. I think, I think, you know, when you're the number one draft or when you're the first round draft pick for a team, you have very high expectations to contribute sure. right away. But there were several things going against him to to do that. One was just being a position that has to really learn a lot and kind of absorb a lot in a very short time when you're a rookie. You've got to learn all the all the play calls and the scheme for basically two positions, O-line and tight end. So you know, that's, that's a lot to put on a rookie, and I think we kind of forget that. And we also had new coach, new offensive coordinator, a different, you know, a, a new quarterback. And, of course, all that was going to be new for Fant, but it was also new for everybody else. So there are fewer mentors who can really kind of tell you what's going on in the playbook because they were learning it too. So um, I think the fact that midway through the season – he really started looking like he was comfortable. He knew his routes, and he, you know, he, he he was anticipating the ball rather than being kind of surprised that it was coming to him. Um, and he had, you know, a really great second half of the season. So I look for him to be a major target for Drew Locke this year. I couldn't agree more. I'm looking at his numbers from 2019. I'll read some of them to you, and then you tell me uh, what you would expect or or hope for, what you would be happy with. Uh, in 2020, and let's assume, just for argument's sake, that we do have the full season. Okay, maybe there are no fans in the first three or four games, but let's just assume that they they start on time and they play that Monday nighter, that second Monday nighter against the Titans here. So you tell me what you would hope for, what you would be thrilled to get. Uh, last year he had 40 receptions. What would you hope for this year? How many How many receptions did he have? 40. Um. Yeah, I would. I would, I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I think he could probably have, I guess, I don't know if I'd say double that, but I really think I would almost, I, I really think he's, he's in 60, 70, probably. Yeah. I was going to say 60 would be great. Uh, anything over that to me is gravy, but uh, I, I think he's very capable of going out and getting 60 this year easily. How about yards? Last yeah. year he had 562 yards. What do you think? Can he push it towards uh, close to a thousand? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would look around 800, 900 yards. It, I, I will say, you know, he. We now have a lot more targets for Drew Lock, which will really help the offense, but it will spread the ball out. Yes. So, um, 
if he's getting 700 yards or even 600 and so is everybody else, I will be a happy camper. Yes, that would be a, a wonderfully balanced offense. And uh, hopefully there'll be no egos involved. And if they all have, you're right, seven, 800 yards receiving, three or four receivers in Fant, that'd be just fine with me. Um, his long uh, touch. I tell you what I'd be looking for no. more is like his touchdowns. Like to me, yard, yards are great, but you know, <laughs> sometimes if, if you have a couple of receivers, you're getting big, long passes all the time and you just need your tight end to get 10 yards here and 10 yards there and, you know, kind of nickel and dime all the way through the season, mm-hmm. you might only end up with five or 600 yards, but you know, 10, 15 touchdowns would be nice. <laughs> okay. So yeah. he, he had three last year. What's a realistic jump from year one to two? <laughs> I I mean, I do think, I think 10 would be great. Okay. We should be getting more touchdowns as a unit, as an offense this year. Yes. Um, if but we, when you look at when you've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton um, and then, you know, Noah Fan and even KJ Hamler, like, I think you're, you're going to, and then, and then we've got the running backs too. So anyway, I, I expect a tight end to be, I expect him to have more, but as long as they're all getting them, it's all good. Who's going to lead this offense in touchdowns? And I don't mean Drew Locke throwing. I mean um, just just producing them, either catching them, rushing them, or a combination. Which offensive player do you think will have the most touchdowns this year? I think it'll be Sutton. Okay. Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I think, I mean, he'll have the most experience. He's got that ability to kind of go up and take the 50-50 ball. Um, I think there will be less pressure on him because there will be others to cover and they're going to all be trying to figure out how to chase Jerry Judy down. Right. But given his experience, I think he'll be, he'll be the go-to guy. Yeah. I couldn't disagree or I couldn't agree more. We're talking with Lori Latimer Volkman. She's the editor of milehighreport.com. Check out that website. It's a great website for everything Broncos. Let's just turn to an AFC West foe for a moment. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Mahomes, you know where I'm going. Mr. Mahomes, number 15, Uh, he had a nice week, didn't he? He did okay. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get paid pretty well. Uh, it, it blew me away. What was your reaction, your gut reaction, as uh, someone who covers the team and is also a passionate, passionate fan when you saw that contract for Patrick Mahomes? Well, I you know it's surprising on of course with the money, but the, in a way it's. It's not. I mean, you know they're gonna. You know they want to keep him. You know they want to lock him down. You know they want to um, let him know he's their guy. I think they're crazy. <laughs> I'm fine with it, honestly. Okay. Like, in a in a little like, it's not like we were gonna not have Patrick Mahomes to go against, right? Right. So, to have him get paid more money probably helps the Broncos down the road. When like, is he really gonna be that level ten years from now? I mean, he'll be good. Yes, very likely. There's, there's no doubt. But, but they're, it's going to make it harder for them to pay the rest of their team. So, I, I think you know it'll make it easier for us to balance it out while they're trying to figure out how they pay everybody they want to pay. Gotcha. Last question, my friend Lori. You know, we keep hearing. You know, this seems to change daily. What teams, um, organizations, um, you know, what leagues are going to do in terms of. Uh, fan attendance. I'm um, hearing like 10,000 may be allowed for baseball. If they open up, you know, with the Broncos, you know, you're allowed to have like 10 to 15,000 fans in a, in a stadium, you know, that can hold like 
70, 75. Would you attend a game like that? I might. I might if they're, if, you know, if they're seeing, if, if they're spreading it out. I mean, honestly, I, I probably would if they're spreading it out. Sure. Um, because, you know, outside is, is definitely the safest. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not in a, uh, you know, an enclosed arena like the Pepsi Center um, out here right. for the Nuggets and the Abs. But right. I, I'm with I you would, too. I would definitely say, though, like, I'd be doing that at Mile High. I definitely wouldn't be going somewhere that is a, a, a dome or an indoor stadium. Okay, you wouldn't go to uh, the Superdome in New Orleans if the Broncos were down there this year. Yeah, I've actually been to the Superdome. <laughs> or maybe, I actually, it's probably like the older ones. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. But I don't really like indoor football games anyway. I just don't like the vibe. It just doesn't seem real. So I try to avoid those. Um, but this year, I definitely would. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Lori, always a pleasure. Uh, wonderful talking to you. I'm glad you could uh, come on in this new hour for us. I'm looking forward to many more conversations over the summer and heading into fall. Sounds great. I hope we're talking football here pretty soon. Absolutely. Please, please, we need it. Stay safe, my friend. Talk soon. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Lori Latimer-Volkman. She, of course, is the editor of MileHighReport.com. Check out that website. Some great articles there now of Randy Grandishar uh, and and everything. Mike Shanahan and oh, I forgot to ask her about Mike Shanahan. Of course, she she I mean, she's what is she going to say? It's 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 amazing. It's overdue. Sure, something so, extra for next time, maybe. Yeah. Thank you. You remind me next week. Come on back, folks. One more segment to go. The morning huddle. <laughs>